Okay, hey guys, welcome back to the Loudmouth Show. Today we are joined uh, by a couple of Premier League fanatics again. Yes, I'm Chirag Patil, and I'm a seventeen years old, and I'm a United fan. And then we have Manish joining us, who is actually a Barcelona supporter and is also an avid City fan. Uh, hi guys, Manish from Bangalore. Uh, I support City. And what do you think about City's performance? Uh, frustrating. <laughs> That's the only word you can tell of City this season. True, true, true. And then we have Siddharth, who is supporting Tottenham. Siddharth. Hey, Gabriel. Hello, everyone. This is Siddharth. I'm from Odisha. I'm visiting Spurs, and uh, it was a very good team bit for us. Clinical and solid display. And we have Vemu joining us, who's a Liverpool supporter like I am. Vemu. Yeah, hi guys. This is Naveen. Vemu is my oh. initial Vemu. <laughs> okay, no problem. Okay. No. My Cap Gemini friends all call me Vemu. I used to work in Cap Gemini, and I am wow. a Liverpool supporter. But yeah. guys, I'd like to start the discussion with Newcastle versus Chelsea. So, uh, Manish, uh, we've seen that Frank Lampard has actually improved the squad, you know, in the past couple of matches. and the kind of depth that chelsea has this season is immense so again um they overcame three bruises pressing regime whatever mediocre pressing he was trying to put in place so how impressed are you with the chelsea team that uh, outplayed newcastle i'm very impressed by chelsea's performance this week uh, in uh, during the initial few weeks uh, they the chemistry was not that good uh, because of the new players signed by frank lampard uh, as the weeks have gone by uh, the team is starting to gel well uh, and getting uh, a good performance from chelsea they'll get better as the season progresses potential uh, potentially next season's uh, title contenders so why uh, why do you think they cannot contest for the title this season um, actually the season is like too uh, unpredictable and we can't uh, like i'm not totally on to the frank lampard hype train uh, and frank uh, i think chelsea need a better manager than frank lampard to reach uh, reach new heights right. so i i would like to say that uh, i mean Although you saying that Frank Lampard, you need a better manager than Frank Lampard, but I think he's the, I feel I feel he's the best one in uh, Chelsea because he has played all most of his time in Chelsea as a midfielder, and um, I mean he has an affinity towards Chelsea and he will make sure that they go as far as they can because in the last season they have had a pretty good run, especially if you see the uh, you know Euro Cup. And the other leagues, not just PL. True, true. I, I would, I would like to counter here. I mean, yeah, it's kind of true because Frank Lampard has been a Chelsea legend, and that will obviously affect the dressing room. But uh, I don't think he is up to that mark. Like people hyping him, uh, just yeah, because he's not he's been a Chelsea. Yeah, so he's not up for the job yet. I mean, he has got so many players, uh, so many good great signings in this summer. And all the signings are finally starting to click together since the Crystal Palace game. Um, and now in the last Newcastle game, you can see uh, there was a good dynamic chemistry between the team players. So he also has to sort his starting eleven, and he is quite confused about it within the UCL uh, performance. So it's 
long way to go and it's a uh, very early to judge for uh, managing it but uh, I think a better manager would have brought out the very best out of these uh, security sites and also I think Chelsea except Chelsea, Chelsea have played just Man United and Liverpool in which one they, they have drawn one and they lost another they really need to play the big boys I think play Leicester, City and Tottenham also. I think by time of January we'll know what Frank Lampard of is really made up. I I also think his True. tactics are only limited to a soft. So I, I would actually agree with Bemu, I'll tell you why, because I don't think Chelsea's defenses have really been tested at the moment. They they are yet to play the teams in form. And they played Liverpool as well, I agree. That and 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 I think it was a little unfair for Chelsea because okay, ten man Chelsea, you know, uh, whatever Christensen did that that game week. But 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 I but I still have this thing, man, the Chelsea are actually giving the credit to Mendy when he hasn't, you know, really been tested. And I haven't seen the Chelsea uh, conceding a um, couple of goals, just one goal or two goals max to max. I mean, if it's it's a better, cho- he's a better choice. I mean, as compared to Kepa, I mean the previous goalkeeper, right? Adrian is better but, but, than but Kepa. But Chirag, man. don't you think? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. But Chirag, don't you think, man? Kepa played really well in the first season, man. He was given, he was performing tremendously, and and I think we should judge a keeper after he plays a season or one and a half seasons, you know, in a Premier League, because you never know what happens in the next season. That is why we start calling them one season wonder, you know. Player who is not really yeah. a Premier League uh, contender. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The problem with Kepa was uh, his uh, confidence is hit badly. Like, he's not uh, that confident. Yeah, he lost his morale. Man. Considering two, three goals, people started pointing at his price rate, just like Maguire. What happened? But, Especially the English media. Yeah, English media is known for that. <laughs> but, but guys, I think Kepa's morale actually went down after that Sari fiasco where he wasn't listening to him. That is one of the reasons why I think the dressing room probably turned against him because when you're disobeying a manager's decision, there's a major impact from the captain as well. So I think, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. yes. the mind yeah. totally deferred there. And, and even look at Paul Pogba, man. Like, what has happened to him? We thought he'll be one of the greatest players in the world in 2014-2015, but it turned out to be the opposite rather. He's still a world-class talent. Inconsistent, basically. True. I think it's more of he- an attitudinal issue, man. I think it is because he plays so well for France. He'll play well for any other club. I think it's just about about Manchester United's management as well. Look at Manchester United. We'll get to the match, but... If look at them playing now, look at them playing seven seasons ago, man. It, there's there's a difference, like there's a huge difference, man. Like, I don't know what has happened in United, and we can't know because internally there is something definitely wrong with the management. So I think there are, there are many changes they need. I don't even think they have a sports director right now. What do you think, um, United fans? See, the thing is that the entire fan, I only think that I miss her Alex Ferguson very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. See, yeah. but uh, if you no, see Ferguson, Ferguson has been there. You can do that, like Ferguson did. Right. Yeah. So Ferguson was definitely a wonder. So if you go back in time, Matt Busby was there. 
then Ferguson came. Uh, then I mean they did take Manchester United to the place where they are right now. But uh, the problem with is with problem with Manchester United is Ole was a player of Manchester United and he has never really experienced the managerial side. Although he has been trained by you know FC Copenhagen, but मतलब you know right. he's a player at the end of the day. He's not a born manager so there is something called a leadership and there is something called a player so he was is the player he is not a leader or a manager although he has been given the responsibility he is struggling but he is trying i mean i won't say he is he is you know completely given up his responsibility but he is trying his level best right but but i think we have actually deviated from the topic a bit but let's just complete the chelsea match and then we'll get on to united um so um who Who answered the first question? It was it Chirag. Oh, it was me. Oh, it was you, yeah. So I'd like to uh, get on with Chirag. Sina Chirag, what do you think about you know Newcastle? They had Saint Maximilian Man, who was act- acting as a free player. He was on the left, and then he came as a shadow striker for um, Joe Linton, who wasn't really getting the ball at all because we know that they were struggling to get possession. What do you think, man? Uh, guys, Newcastle United as a team, are you are you content with the quality that they have to offer? Because They don't really have any star players apart from no, mature players. So, what is your take on Steve Bruce's strategies? And but because I think they took excellent defensive shape, man. And whatever counters they were getting, at least they were getting to the final third. Saint Maximin had a couple of shots on target, but they yes, got deflected. Yes. So, what is your take on you know uh, Newcastle? Yeah. So uh, as you can see, Newcastle have always like uh, played quite defensively against the top sets. And uh, they were quite good by kind of defending the counter attacks, but still uh, there are a lot of uh, flaws in the defensive formation as compared to last year's Newcastle. And uh, Darlow has been very good; like, he has been exceptional in goalkeeping, so many saves, and he has only considered those goals because the uh, defense wasn't able to get those clearances. And they were able to clear the ball or get away the ball. Also, they had limited clearances, and Chelsea uh, have won a lot of aerial duels in the yeah, the box. So that was like major push. As you can see, that for the first goal, which was no goal from Fernandez, Chilwell kind of like cheeky pushed him. That one. So he did. He did. Yes. So there are still defensive mistakes, and this is a problem. This is a clear problem of team process formation because they go so much into the deep defensive formation, digging down deep, and that. Actually, snatches away the creativity of Alan in maximum uh, forward because if you don't give him the chance to dance his feet around into the box, much uh, even obviously have less chance to score because he is a very quality player and he has good creativity in midfield, which Newcastle is surely lacking. And there is Matty Longstaff from Longstaff and all, but they are quite young players and they need a match sharpness to get to that level. Uh, what they need is good signings, one or two. Signings put in the midfield, good holders, and defensively they have to improve. Uh, they make quite a lot of mistakes, but again, uh, against Everton they were quite good. It was a good performance, but uh, it was very, very poor performance from Everton as well. So Newcastle played uh, Everton. Another important thing to note was Miss uh, uh, Callum Wilson was missing. And yeah. uh, I don't know what Steve Bruce is trying to do. He has run and Fraser as well. Fraser is a great asset, and like a former player of Bournemouth, he can link up pretty well. Like, he's the leading assist player of Everton's last goal too. 
So so that I'm actually going to stop you there because I think uh, Ryan Fraser again, man, he needs a lot of time on the ball. You're right, but he actually sticks. He's someone like Shakiri, man, who can only play in a four-two-three-one. I think because if you play him in this formation, in a defensive formation, I don't think he has a lot to offer. And yeah, he's kind stepped of, into yeah. a new team. And I agree, he played for the Cherries, but there was a season, you know, where he actually had a very bad dip in form as well. So, but but I totally agree with you that he needs a lot of game time. But they need to change the formation, man. I, I'm not in, yes. you know, you know, of five-three-two uh, or even they change into a five-four-one. So, Newcastle is just grinding the uh, results from now from just to get draws or getting beaten narrowly, so they can look forward to the next job of the season. I think he is just trying to avoid the relegation as of now. I don't see any passion in this Newcastle team. No, you know, if you talk about passion. When I see defensive-minded teams, you know, it 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 actually, I I feel very annoyed, man. Because when I started watching football, yes. when there were only four for two, when people used to just contest the ball, they were used to keep the ball under pressure all the time. They used to run for the ball. Now it is more like look at, okay, no disrespect to Mourinho, but wonderful tactics. But I am not a person who would love to park the pass either. So you know, it's, it's very annoying and frustrating for someone who loves attacking football to watch such games. But totally, man. Nowadays, it's all about winning and getting those three points. Given the competition, I think it's unfair for teams like Newcastle who don't have star players at all. They don't have a good budget. Yes. They were they were talks of uh, some Saudi prince buying the team, right? What do you think, guys? Yeah, the Saudi takeover is. Unfortunately, it was stopped by the so-called big six teams who don't want any other team to grow. There is n- the Premier League has left it to the media that uh, it was stopped by the government. The government said, "Why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't, why should we involve in football?" But actually, the inside talk is it is stopped by the big city. Okay, okay, might be. I'm not sure about that. But what do you think about Longstaff as well, man? I think people have actually been making fun of him a lot in the past few seasons as well. But that guy actually hit couple of shots on target. He hit the crossbar, and it looked like you know they were very impressive, man. I, in my favor, because whatever team they've put up, you know, even the midline, they have many options. They've got Hendricks. They've got Shelby, who's back. He's really very mature on the ball. He's played, had a good. He's had an average, you know, time with Liverpool, and now he's doing something for the Magpies. But what is your take? Where will Newcastle end by the Boxing Day? What is your take on the position, um, Chirag Patel? I'd like you to get into the conversation. Newcastle is a good team, but their lack of a player, they're kind of dependable on players like Saint Maxim, Jordan. True. Part reason is that they are quite dependable on uh, Alan Saint Maxim and uh, Jordan for scoring goals. Hmm. Right, but um, Chirag, uh, Sina, what do you think about the position that they'll be achieving by Christmas? And again, do you think Saint Maxim will be taken out by another club because the guy has some creativity and some dribbling, man? What do you think? Um, by Christmas, I feel that uh, they would definitely increase from 15th rank. I mean, should be by let's say around 10th, 10th position or 11th position. And yeah, let's see. I mean, how how they play because uh, I mean, being in the 15th position doesn't look promising for any team per se. And right. they have to buck up their game. Although you know, opponents will be tough. There will be champions, former champions who will be playing against them. 
but mm. if they have to take the club up they have to play i mean we know i mean as we discussed right now we don't have any they don't have any star players right but without the star players i mean you are a premier league team so you have to maintain that you know class that level even right. if you have or you don't have a star player so having right. said that i mean um, i am uh, my prediction would be around 10th place or 11th place by christmas i think that's fair enough but again uh, manish why don't you answer this question what do you think about rudiger man he started his first game for the season you know that's probably because thiago wasn't fit or he was down with covid or he was isolating i don't know but chelsea he helped chelsea getting out of pressing situations where um, st maximin was applying pressure on these teams they were take this switching the ball over very well they were giving it to chilwell back to st um, back to these teams so i think rudiger and kurzuma uh, did a good job offensively but what do you think about rudiger's defensive abilities man do you think he deserves a chance for chelsea again because he's hardly had any game time uh, rudiger is actually a very good uh, ball playing center half uh, if you see uh and like frank lampard doesn't trust a lot in uh, rudiger we we, uh, we saw that this summer uh, he tried to offload him to various clubs but uh, no True. one uh, no one bit for him uh actually he has a uh, he, he can perform as a good backup for uh, thiago silva throughout the season uh, and he pretty good defender actually right you know i had actually underestimated thiago silva man i thought he's uh, played for french league and all that you know and never thought he'll be able to given the age that he's reached he's still playing like he's at his peak so avi do you think we we are yet to see good two three more seasons from him or do you think just another season again no i think one more season this right. season and next season because whatever he may have experience ஒரு <laughs> and uh, as philip pota will be a bench warmer but uh, in cases like in big matches games uh, like top 6 uh, i think lampard will be opting for thiago uh, silva and uh, maybe in some matches against the mid table clubs uh, as philip pota may come in but uh, as you can see chelsea backline is quite solidified because of silva's presence and uh, zuma has been you know in those headed clearances as well as the leading goals that are ஒரு <laughs> 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 
impact on many of those children's lives. And children's right. inclusion has been quite smooth. First debut game had two goals, and uh, there's no doubt, there's no worrying, and it was bad, no doubt, the bad direction. It is such a great asset, and will be in future. And um, we can also saw Ziyech dropping down a bit into midfield, and so that uh, mm-hmm. season could move a bit forward and put those losses into the box. Was a bit of the change from the game against Sheffield United where Ziyech has been putting the losses and putting the balls into the box for one. So maybe it was a tactical change or something like that. It's like 40% of instruction that was given to Ziyech from that part, how we may know in Spurs matches. Because he is not trying out all the kind of options and tactics that is possible. So he can bring out the best and confirm his starting eleven. Just like uh, Mourinho did with the Spurs. He was trying out all the different kinds of formations and uh, lineups even in the Europa League. So that he can confirm his starting Right. I'd like your take on Tammy Ibrahim. He's actually played really well overall, man. This season, if we see his statistics, he's actually... Not only acted as a targetsman, he's actually completing that false nine role of, you know, laying off balls for people to yes, shot yeah. at, punting yes. those shots in. So, how impressed are you with Tammy Ibrahim, man? Anyone else can answer this. Um, and what do you think about Giroud, man? Because he was also, again, a great goal scorer. Again, if you actually punt in those long balls, you'll find Giroud taking them in and shooting them in, you know. So, where do you see both these players playing for Chelsea this season? I think Sam Abraham has been a great asset for Frank Lampard, but I think he's more of a number because Werner is world class and Tammy Abraham is still learning the steps to be world class. I think in a few years he will be world class or a top rated striker around Europe. But at present he has to be a second fiddle for Timo Werner so that he can learn many things. And regarding Giroud, I think Giroud should live, man. Any team out of top six can have an excellent striker in the next period. The way he plays for French, I am really amazed that he's still in Chelsea because he's at the third choice, right? The third right. Choice. Yes, yes, yes. Very yeah. correct. I mean, any being, team Being a third choice, I think... Any other team. Any other team. I think he can also go for Spurs because Hurricane, except for Hurricane Giroud, can be that target man that Mourinho wants. I don't think he will, but I don't know. I don't think he will, but let's see, man. I think he'll end his career with um, Chelsea itself, I think. If, if, yeah, if we this give... season may be his last. Maybe, not sure. Not sure. I don't know what rumors are doing the market, but yeah, I think... Uh, uh, Inter Milan would be a good uh, shout for him. Yeah, maybe with Lukaku he can do something. Yeah, I, I, I heard as a I backup for Lukaku. But I heard Pep is actually wanting to get Lukaku into the squad next season. Oh uh, yeah, Lake City wanted a new striker this uh, season, but they couldn't. Uh, there was no one available in the market, basically. True. But guys, let's move on to the next match, man. Aston Villa versus Brighton. You know, it was another roller coaster of a match. I thought this is one of the most competitive matches this weekend, you know. And even Danny yeah. Welbeck, he actually scored a good opener. That good, that was a good chip shot and he accelerated down the right flank. And I think it was Mings who actually missed out on him. And um, Aston Villa was just, we thought they'll fall apart, but they did not. And, you know, um, but I think Aston Villa's defense still has many issues and they were completely not aware of what was happening, you know, on the pitch. 
so and this come to that as well so what is your take on Danny Welbeck and um, you know Aston Villa's defense what do you want to talk about the match uh, let's start with um, Chirag only basically oh. i thought that aston villa will easily defeat a defeat but thing unexpected that match was for me because by looking out how the team played against liverpool i thought that this will be easy <laughs> but ex- unexpected as well true true but uh chirag uh, patel what do you think about lamptey man he's been phenomenal at the right back and he He's always getting inside the opposition's box. So, what do you want to talk about, uh, Lamptey? I have only little much to say, but I have only said he's much underrated. Right. Because uh, he is not as just big names like Trent Alexander or other right backs, but he is a pretty decent and a good right back to use. Right. But you know, um, Chirag Sena, what do you think about Brighton man? Especially with Solly Marsh's inclusion, you know, they look completely different because I think the left flank was being handled well as well from uh, offensively and defensively both. And defensively, I talk about Dunk. He came back from that red card, um, which sidelined him for about three matches. So Brighton as a team, and also what what is your comment on Mope man? Do you think? Because he started off really well into the season, and now he's just nowhere to be seen. So, what do you think about Brighton? So, if I can talk about uh, the Brighton versus Manchester United match, because uh, of course I am a fan of United, so I watch all the matches of United. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can. So, so the thing is that Mopé, you know, in that match he showed a lot of, I mean, you know, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of, you know. it actually made united's defense a little uncomfortable but of course they did manage and if you if, if uh, overall bha team is concerned then i think they really need to buck up i mean because they are almost on the lower rung of the uh, table i mean yeah i don't know i mean if they they have to really do some changes the manager has to will do some changes probably bench a few current uh, players and you know take a few from the bench and make them play so there has to be some sort of change i mean because else they will keep slipping down and slipping down and you know by i mean it will december will come and the next year would come and they won't do much right i mean they're not, not no nowhere pro- i mean nowhere looking promising like you know like if you see if you see the other teams like newcastle and you know others who are 15 rank and below they still look a little promising but brighton i just don't seem to see that you know that i mean that you know enthusiasm that uh, that that spark to you know go and rise up the table they are just simply slipping right uh, actually i disagree uh, Uh, actually Graham Potter is like a very underrated manager in the prem uh, and i think uh, brighton will finish in the top half of the premier league uh, at the end of the season they have players to do that uh, like lamperty uh, neil mope and even bisuma uh, who is like a very good defensive midfielder and like provides stability to that team You know, so, but if you look at the uh, table, it's like they played nine matches and they just won two matches. 
it's been nine game weeks yeah they have the potential to do it no 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 the problem i'll tell you the problem the problem is that they their strategies are on point and they go ahead also they, but the problem is they don't really show good quality outside the box that is the problem that is why ashley picked up on mope because he isn't really helping in the past few matches we've seen that yeah, yeah. and I even think out i think the below 10 this i have to pick one manager to be more attacking i will pick graham potter he's such an attacking manager True. they play beautiful football but mope is not really helping them and also their defense is not as good as compared to newcastle also newcastle right. will have a great organization but the way brighton attack sometimes i will be like amazed to see them but we uh, you know you newcastle man like they fidgeted against southampton that was such a poor <laughs> clearance like he just yeah. slipped i think or something and he gave the ball straight to that guy um, who got the right mid yeah. midfielder brighton uh, i think they need some more players but i think graham potter is really good manager when it comes to attacking he plays such a good brand of let's yeah i mean shift. potter yep. tries graham potter tries to you know give good wins but just doesn't seem to work because and also we have to understand True. that it's the players in the field who do the magic manager kitna hi karega is limitation to the managers right uh, that is right uh, chirag but i think uh, totally man i think graham potter is actually doing a tremendous job and i don't think they'll be removing him even if he lands up in the bottom half because i think his tactics are on point man and i just feel bad that they don't have uh, they have depth but not that quality depth that we are looking for but they have they adam lallana as well standard of players like right. top 10 team great player but they've got good players man i'm not saying that but they've got bones behind they've got tall strong defenders as well so yeah, i don't i think brighton will be there in 9th or 10th by by christmas or something or by the end of the season maybe if 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 luck doesn't run out for them like it is but What do you think about Aston Villa? We are actually not talking about them. You know, I think they've got massive talents. Ross Barkley picked up on a hamstring blow uh, during the start of the match, and he got replaced by Traore. Even Traore received a lot of flak for the way he was playing, but I think again he needs to be given a lot of time, many minutes. Yeah, but yeah. he was playing phenomenal. I think the set pieces that he took, he 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 assisted on one of those headers, right? And his set piece taking ability his passes his dribbling was amazing man i don't know why the commentators were actually criticizing him but what do you think um yeah that is simply really good and big dot on their finishing as well as finishing with jesic like jesic you missed two big setters mr point blank setter and this very it's a very good mic you need to be a little clear i think this is good Yeah, I, am I audible right? Yeah, now we are. Yeah, so I was saying that Trezeguet missed a lot of actually it was a very bad performance from Trezeguet. He missed two setters against Brighton, True. and uh, that tactic actually cost them the game because Trezeguet has always been a clean midfield and he has always been carrying the team a lot on his shoulders. But uh, it's finally the chances in the final like finishing the crown, and only one has been a clean finisher. But apart from that. Uh, a bit of physicality is also there, but apart from that, he does not have the ability to hold up the ball for too long. And uh, he's not a like, complete forward yet. He's just a clinical finisher. That's it. And uh, sometimes he gets lucky, gets lucky, you know, uh, stuff. Because against uh, uh, Liverpool, if you see, uh, like 
Yes. That is a problem. But again, guys, you haven't spoken about McGinn, man. I think he was also good for Aston Villa. He was actually tracking back. He was going ahead. He was handling the center. He was doing a lot of work, man, for Aston. I felt, even though it wasn't fruitful enough for the offensive position, you know, to be taken advantage of. But still, I think uh, McGinn is a good player for Aston too. But anyways, let's get on to the third match: Tottenham versus City, man. Um, what do you guys think, Chirag? I'd like to start with you. Chirag Patel, did you see the match? Basically, but uh, Tottenham had if you see at the stats, City had better stats, but uh, City lacked a decent finish. You see that shot of Kevin De Bruyne, they also lacked a finish. Then also at the end, Sterling uh, Sterling also missed a which was easy. But uh, Mourinho is a top class coach. He used his tactics very much. So hats off to Mourinho. True. So, yeah, again. I also agree with him that uh, Mourinho is actually a better, better coach. I mean, although this this uh, <laughs> win against uh, you know Manchester City, the Tottenham's win against Manchester City comes right after the day when Pep Guardiola got an extension of two years for his managerial uh, position. I mean, that's quite uh, ironical. But again, I mean, Tottenham has some really, really good players. One of them being Son Heung-ming and Harry Kane, of course. So with these people around, I mean, it's very, very difficult for any defense, especially of City, to you know contain them. Because if you see um, Son's goal, I mean, he's just amazing, and it just it just brushed past that uh, goalkeeper. I mean, he was on the left and he just brushed past the goalkeeper. I mean. Even before the goalkeeper could react, it was inside the goal box. He's 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 very fast. Son is, I mean, one of the you know fastest on the field is what I've seen. True, but you know, yeah. I'd like you your take on you know like again whatever you've said it is true. But City were really poor with their finishing in a way, you know, and one of the reasons why I think that happened was because they couldn't get enough space to create chances. Whatever the chances they were creating, it is against a team of. Terminators, I'd say, because they were so strong, very tall players. It is, it is a proper Mourinho team. Yeah, I mean, Mourinho's midfield was on more, point. More than, if you look uh, at Sissoko, right? I think Sissoko was instrumental in handling yeah. the in handling Ferran Torres as well. That new guy, Hoy Biscuits and Endombele, they were physical merchants. They were very strong. Absolutely, yes. and even the first goal yeah. that you've yeah. actually spoken about. Um, okay, guys, continue. Just I'll be back in a minute. Continue. Yeah, so I was saying that Mourinho's uh, unit used extra defenders, and actually the setup might too. Like after the first goal in fifth, fifth, sixth, sixth minute, and set down, dig down, uh, dug down deep, and uh, they were defending for a solid 40 minutes with those clearances and uh, good blocks. Now this yes. allowed them to take, yeah, this allowed them to take advantage of any gaps or any space that the specific players could utilize to create more chances. Like they had empty other uh, space and gap blocked. Even uh, Harry Kane rocked on pretty deep, and uh, he was orchestrating the midfield as well as trying to get the clearances, get the ball away from the uh, defenders. It was a very good, defensive, uh, solid defensive performance. After the, the, after the three goals, the first distance moved up to the 
Good as a space sector. A lot from that match. That kept three actions not against Kobe. Now the game is West Brom and now it's City. And with both matches, they are considered a single goal. So it's a matter of defenses, but we will be in the next match versus Chelsea as well. Because Chelsea looked quite good defensively. So Siddharth, I'm sorry I didn't hear the entire thing you said, but I'd want to take on Tottenham's past few matches, man. I don't think they were convincing enough to prove that, okay, they deserve winning those. Even against West Brom and the match before that against Brighton, what do you think? But and again, I also think City's yeah. pressing was not up to point. If you look at, the, compare the Liverpool match, City's match, uh, Liverpool actually nullified Madison and uh, Wardy, but City just if you look at the second goal, Harry Kane was in acres of space, middle of the park. There was right. no one pressing uh, Dyer, so that uh, he just made, played a blind pass to Harry Kane and it was within seconds Spurs counter-attacked and made a goal. So that's why City, I think this season, one thing they are lacking goals and uh, second thing is their pressing is not up to mark. If you look at two years back, they used to get the ball back within few seconds, few literally. Seconds. Yeah, yeah but now, it was very fast. But you know, yeah. your point is accurate. I'll tell you why. Because Rodri is the problem. I think Rodri was actually offensively, he was trying a lot. Which is why he went ahead so much that there was no pivot behind. I think it was only... Um, who was the guy playing with him? It wasn't Gundo, right? Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva. He was actually playing behind. Again, I don't think defensively they were too good, man. And when it came to tracking back, if you actually... Uh, going back at that time against a team like Tottenham who were actually playing so deep obviously you'll be really fidgeting in the middle especially you know and with players like Son and Harry Kane who started falling deep this season all of a sudden which I've never seen from Harry Kane to be honest but I think Mourinho has goes to Mourinho man when he first came to Spurs I was just thinking how I think he will get sacked within next December because Spurs are the players who use it to play off who used to play much of attacking football, I don't think they would adapt to him. But yesterday I watched Harry Kane talking about mid-block and low-block, which I didn't see ever. Yes, yes. So Mourinho, has, Kane, Mourinho yeah. has instilled that belief in them. I think True. he will win something. But, but uh, again, Manish, you are a City supporter. What do you think about City's low-quality chances, man, versus Spurs? Few, few chances, but they were of good quality. So, what do you think? Is it, again, a Mourinho masterclass, obviously, but do you think, is it because the team defended like a unit, they parked the bus, or do you think, is it because City had problems creating space? What do you think? Uh, actually, the pundits after the game actually blamed uh, Guardiola for his uh, tactics. But I don't think it... Uh, it is Guardiola's fault because throughout his uh, managerial career, he has been coming up against uh, teams with uh, similar low blocks every time. So he used to find a way to uh, break those low, low blocks. But I think City's uh, problem this season is mainly their uh, attack, basically. They're not creating enough good quality chances and uh, and uh, like during the first uh, four or five game weeks, they didn't have uh, Aguero and Jesus. Uh, to finish those chances. I guess uh, City will improve, but I don't expect a lot from City this season. And one of the main uh, reasons why uh, City is not this City of 2017-18 is uh, basically their wingers. I would like to highlight uh, 
the role of Ferran Torres and Riyad Mahrez. If you look back to the city of 2017-18, uh, they had Leroy Sané on the left and uh, Sterling on the right. Right. Yeah. Uh, they they used to uh, hug the sidelines and they used to provide width basically to that yes. attack. And uh, you had De Bruyne and David Silva playing in kind of that number eight uh, hybrid number ten role. And right. they used to operate in such a uh, very efficient way. Uh, and City used to rock the midfield. But now, what happens is Riyad Mahrez cuts in, uh, cuts in on his left foot, like which is his favourable foot, and uh, right. even Ferran Torres does the same thing. And they don't have that width uh, to their play. They don't. That too narrow. That's yeah, the, I also um, agree with Manish. I think City are in a sort of trance because they lost company a year before. They lost David Silva this year. They are in a transition. Ferran Torres replacing Leroy Sané. I think this year they will be in the top four, but I I don't think they will challenge to the title. You know, to be honest, I think it's just true. Chances are missing and all that, but I think it's because of two players. Man. I think Sergio Aguero has not been a regular for them. That is where yeah. they're missing on so many. Has had a lot of injuries uh, in this year. And and my second point is that you talk about playing width. You're absolutely on point. But I also think now they've started playing De Bruyne as a right midfielder. He 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 initially he was with uh, the left winger. If you know if you notice that, and yeah, many yeah, of his yeah. chances all came from the left side for City in the past few seasons with De Bruyne playing there. But now you have Rodri, man, and I don't really find Rodri to be that helpful. Why not play Gundogan, man? Gundogan offers so much more. Even against Liverpool in that game, City had created more chances because of uh, him drawing players out. He was constantly. Making runs, trying to draw players out, and it was easy for them to create more chances. And I don't know, but I even feel De Bruyne's level has dipped a little. Not he's still quality; he's definitely more quality than any other player. But it has dipped a little, man. I think uh, they lack a little awareness on the pitch when it comes to you know playing outside the box because we saw even those crosses were going out like anything. There was no real effort apart from that Laporte shot that went in, and it was a handball. That is highly controversial, basically. Oh, I thought it was, man. But but to be honest, it was actually touching the arm. And and according to the new handball rule, yeah. if it touches your arm, it is a handball, right? So even I thought it was a chest controlled uh, move by Gabriel, but it wasn't. But anyways, man. VR, uh, VR has always been a point of controversy. Like when we come to the discussion of the next match, which is Manchester United versus um, Sadio. Forgot the name right now. So West I mean that was West Brom. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so yeah, I mean, then uh, there was we have a VR issue, right? I mean the one hand ball, then goal. Uh, so that has always been an issue, I feel. True, man. True, but but I think it was the decision taking was okay, man. I think, but that shot by Laporte actually instilled some confidence. I think the game could have changed a bit uh, if City, you know, would have um, equalized that. But but anyways they couldn't. But again Bernardo Silva and Ferran Torres on the same flank with Bernardo actually handling the mid and he wasn't really there. They were actually in a five-man forward. If you see, they were yeah. actually five players actually trying to attack all the time. So that did not work out well for them. And Bernardo Silva as well has dipped in his form. If you see last few seasons, he used to play as a winger and now he likes coming more central. And I don't know. It's just that maybe you're right. Shetty are transitioning into something. Because of David Silva not being there, but even last season, I don't think David Silva did get many chances. He came on as a substitute mostly. 
but i think it's just something which city need to look into because their defense looks good but now something is wrong when creating you know chances and all this and i think we're just actually undermining them too much it was tottenham and let's just face it tottenham have actually improved as a squad and it is jose mourinho they're facing so obviously they would have probably faced much they could have faced much more than this but they did not so yeah i mean it's totally tottenham's masterclass but what do you think about i wanted to ask siddharth this question siddharth would you prefer eric pierre and aldo well playing together or would you want sanchez who's actually not really in form sanchez has actually not in form and he has been making quite a bit of like many defensive mistakes he lacks the game intelligence bit more than unless his team is quite less than ियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरियरिय
Yeah, other than the fact that he lost track of Sun, it was actually uh, quite of uh, like Kane tried to drag down the defenders deep and tried to trick the defenders into bringing them deep. And Dombligan punted the ball just front and so that Sun scored. But other than that, Cancelo, Diaz, and uh, the, actually the defense is quite good. It's just uh, the one of those days that uh, Spurs were much more clinical, but the defense looked solid. And Laporte with a cracking finish also was quite uh, unexpected. So that's good. It's good. It gives hints of trying to like he will try to shoot the ball often from there, if possible. Right. I think let's just get both the Chiragas into the podium and discuss the United versus West Brom match. So man, I was actually impressed with the way Belich's team were actually creating those build-ups because they actually looked more comfortable on the ball than United did, to be honest. But United won the match, uh, not very convincingly again because what what I could make out from the match was that United were trying to create a lot, but only off aerial balls. You you're trying to push in long balls from 38, 40 yards out. Out. I mean, it doesn't really make sense. What? Could you capitalize out of that inside the opposition's box? No, nothing. And that is what happened. Apart from one great pass from Bruno Fernandes, which I remember, uh, which Mas- Martial, no, I don't know which who took it in, but yeah, that was actually missed. And again, um, uh, I think a Martial opportunity in the very first few minutes, which was another good play by United. Apart from that, I don't think there was anything really else United had to offer. Rashford had a very bad game, I felt. Rashford. Uh, he missed on uh, good balls outside the box and he could have punted one goal right then he was right at point blank range next to the keeper but he, he couldn't uh, capitalize on that either. So Chirag, uh, Sina, I'd like to start with you. What is your take on the match and where do you feel United can improve as a team man even though they won the match? So first and foremost, I would like to say that Sam Johnston's saves were amazing like i mean he he saved that uh, penalty shot the first penalty shot although that was you know uh, nullified because of that uh, new rule which you have to uh, keep your feet on the line goal line but otherwise it was a really really good save and you know we all know that normally you it's very tough to save penalties having said that uh, the way johnston saved um, this guy, um, Mar- Martial's uh, goal was, um, I mean, the attempt on the goal was amazing. And yeah, I feel that, uh, you know, if, if you take the normal game of Manchester United, it was quite lacking. I mean, it was legit quite lacking. And it was actually by chance and by luck that, you know, there was a handball and we got a penalty and Bruno took the penalty. Also, it was another luck that, you know, that VAR thing, that the, the new goal uh, thing happened. So, I mean, it, it was not, uh, you know, usual gameplay, gameplay se jeetna jisko hum bolte hai. So, it was not that. It was just a luck and that that's, that's how we won. Because if you see, apart from the penalty, there was nothing great about, uh, you know, United's gameplay against West Brom. But hats True. off to the goalkeeper uh, Sam Johnston. His saves were amazing. He just shone. I mean, he, he was the highlight of the match. I would say. But what do yeah. you think? Yeah. Uh, let's just get on Chirag Patel. I think uh, you know he's a United fan. Let's have his take first. Chirag Patel, what do you think about the match? For me, for it's my opinion. But I think that uh, the Man United defense played pretty well. Not. 
as compared to that we, uh, we lost to uh, Tottenham that that defense was horribly weak but uh, as we compared the uh, left back Telles Telles is as compared to Luke Shaw is much better he is creating chances uh, he, he can uh, he has pace so he is much better than Luke Shaw right uh i think alex telles you know played his first full game for united and i saw glimpses of him passing well across the flank yeah. i saw him defending also a little bit but i, I don't think he had a, an excellent game but i thought maguire had a very good game because maguire was actually helping them offensively he was actually shocking west brom players by coming from behind and intercepting those balls and he did a good job i felt maguire was really good and even lindelof for that matter was pretty good but that's how it is and what do you think about maguire is playing well after the international break these has conf- he got back his confidence after scoring some goals for his national team right uh, yeah no offense but i feel united is a team that is so erratic and still inconsistent like any mid table team just carried by individual brilliances uh, like bruno fernandes or sometimes marcus rashford and all they need a whole lot of more chemistry maybe a better manager because ole whenever his job is at stress he tries to get those results out and the united team suddenly seems starts starts to seem perform but it was a disappointing uh, actually it was a disappointing display from uh, united because they even though they created some of one or two chances they weren't clinical enough and uh, wp played quite good so it's a whole means there's much more to learn for these players and even for fernandes too he, he is the future captain for united yeah i agree with siddharth But don't, don't you think I your actually, team is over reliant uh, bemu why don't you answer this question don't you think united are over reliant on bruno fernandes it's a matter role to no. depend on rashford either rashford or either bruno fernandes i think the problem it united is they have good player you need to be a little louder yeah the pro- am i louder now yeah 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 the problem with united is they have good players like bruno pogba vardy kaba rashford that's very some million dollars worth of attacking but fully they don't have a pattern of attacking play they just rely on individual brilliance such that pogba will pick out a pass for alarl bruno fernandes pick out a pass if you look at other teams they certainly have a mode of attack only thing in attacking they are good is counter attack they are too good at counter attacking the great goes to mar rashford because it is is very tactic and right. i think united bole might be a united legend they have to on from bole because he is too inconsistent it is job is on the line that he suddenly turns into a prime sir alex ferguson and he gets the result or else it's normal thing, normal draw basically i think that oh, marshall should be rested for a few games and Cavani should be started for yeah. against Manchester. He should start. True, I think Cavani good, good, good talent, good quality man. He's a good player than Rashford, Marshall. I think the thing with Marshall again, man. I think I don't know. Like he's not a reliant player. He's a player who's actually playing ahead, but he's not showing any quality even inside the box. Just one shot on target, and apart from that, I don't think there was anything else from him. But 
but what do you think again you're you're thinking of uh, rotation ahead but what about the midline are you happy that matic mctominay fred are the ones who are being rotated and even van der beek is not really getting any game time so what is your thought on that as a united fan i think van der beek is a good sign because i think mctominay should start with pogba because fred fred he is capable of passing but he is not out defending on defending less and but you uh, see mctominay is uh, able to defend well It's the man United lead extra defense. Right. Uh, I yep. think Man United lack a proper defensive midfielder. Matic has been good uh, over the years, but uh, he's coming to the twilight of his years, of his career basically, and he's not reliable as uh, earlier. Instead of wasting 40 million on uh, Van der Beek, uh, they they could have got some good uh, defensive midfielders, uh, which would have solidified uh, Man United's yeah. midfield. Manish would have played on Zakaria because Zakaria is also best defensive midfielder. <laughs> Playing for that uh, German club. Uh, Gladbach. Yeah, Gladbach. He's also a good option. But I feel that United out. need someone like uh, uh, someone like Casemiro from Real Madrid. Like, if they can, but I don't think uh, Casemiro mm-hmm. will join Real Madrid. Uh, will join United, but I they need someone so. as a profile, someone like uh, Casemiro who breaks up play so well and uh, does all the dirty work and lets the others shine midfield. I think instead of going for Van der Beek, they would have gone. Thomas Partey, you have been correct. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree actually. with that actually. But but yeah, yeah Van der Beek, Van der Beek. I think he cannot really play as a defensive mid, but he is more of an offensive playmaker kind yeah, of role. Yeah, he's a box-to-box midfielder. Yeah, but yeah, he is the link and, uh, between the offense, different midfield and defense. He's a little versatile player, but he needs to fit the system. That's there's right. like many things wrong at United. The manager, the passion between the players, the chemistry. So these all things they need to be sorted out to lay a final tactic. I also feel that the, they should let Pogba go. They should let him go. Yeah. Not a right for Pogba because <laughs> he is a great player and the way he plays for France, I I was really amazed to see that Pogba. Sweden, I think so. He played. He was the man of the. Actually, But, uh, yeah. Actually, United him. focus on the academy players. That will be better because if they're trying to get the signings to click. But all this while, uh, the academy players have been uh, doing pretty good for United. So let's just shift the focus to West Brom, man. We are just talking about United. I, I thought Pereira, Ajay, and even Ivanovic. He's coming after a long time. They all had a good game. I felt even Brom were better, and they were good enough on the counters that they were trying to build on. Yeah, I and I feel unfortunate for Gallagher, who actually was hit pretty badly inside that box. They should have received that penalty. You know, United should have conceded that one, but but they did not. So, what is your take? Is that was that fair enough, or what do you think, Manish? Anyone? Yeah. I think it's completely unfair. I. Deserve that penalty because he clearly hit his leg. I don't know how it is. The problem is not VAR. The problem is the officials who are using VAR it in English. They have yeah, I agree with Vaymo. Yeah, they have. The problem with VAR is not the decisions, like the consistency of the decisions that they give. Yeah, it's basically very inconsistent. 
and like it's different for different leagues if you see in prem they give it uh, like anything which uh, touches their hand as a penalty and it's not very consistent in other leagues so right. i think uefa and fifa should uh, formulate a uh, uh, like particular system which every league should follow that would be better for vars future right so i think half matches are done for the first half of the season so what do you think where will united end up by the boxing day Till eleventh, eleventh top ten doubt. Eleventh is okay. Till boxing day, then okay. Eleventh, eleventh is okay. For me, somewhere between seventh to ninth position, or maximum tenth. What about others? I guess United will be around the. Uh, top six, top seven. Uh, yeah, basically they'll uh, they'll finish the season seventh or eighth. I feel this will be a uh, disappointing season for United fans. Yeah, yeah. I also think so, and I think they will finish. They will be around eighth because they have some tough pictures like West Ham, Southampton, City in the upcoming weeks. Leeds will do very well again. डिस्कशन If Jose is top by the start of 2021, I think he will take over the title from Leroy. Because if he survives this period until New Year, he will finish, he will finish a whole level. Yes, this is like a true litmus test for the Spurs team, and the next week's results will set the tone for the next rest of the season, the second half of the season. Jose and will show Spurs, his magic second season. Yes, and Spurs are like currently a potent like mix of solidity, threat. And even defensively, they are quite good. So defense is sorted. The midfield as well as the attack has always been solid. So Hobbe has been really phenomenal so far this season with blocks and interceptions, and even a lot of lot more of tackles. And Dombele has uh, stepped up a lot from last season. So it's a really good season so far for Spurs. But let's see how the fixtures turn out next week. You, do you think this is your season to grab the Premier League finally? Yes, I'm only. Yes, I'm only wary of this uh, Liverpool because Liverpool, uh, even though they always keep proving uh, people wrong, like even with the setback of injuries, so many injuries, uh, Liverpool still were able to defy uh, the odds and beat Leicester and not even concede a single goal, which is extremely impressive. And this game week's highlight, other than Spurs' performance against City, I would give the second position easily to Liverpool's performance against Leicester. They were really, really good going forward as well. And even defensively too. This is a team that is that people should always be aware of, like very of. And apart from that, seven to uh, uh, blunder, Liverpool have been very good so far this season. And uh, third, I would yeah, even City were quite good. City have been playing uh, well, but yeah, um, there are things need that need to be sorted out. Uh, City is also battle contenders. 
and Chelsea are finally getting starting to click together the players. So Chelsea are maybe the fourth title contenders. Like all of them are title players. I'm not naming them in any particular order, but these four are the major ones. Right. Guys, let's move on to the next match. The match which we thought would be a bombastic one, but it turned out to be a very boring one. And it was Leeds United versus Arsenal. Arsenal started off well, I felt. They started off well in, in terms of trying to get ahead. I saw Willian go ahead. I saw Willock go ahead. I saw Danny Sebio stepping up, trying to create something. But that was without any coordination. That was without any cohesion. There was no real plan in their attacking regime. Yes, yes. It was like, this: wherever, whoever gets the ball, wherever it lands, we need to do something out of it. So, and after that, we just saw it was a Leeds show, to be honest. Arsenal were getting the ball. In the first half, they were symbolic. Yeah, Even the road. Obviously, Leeds won that match. But uh, <laughs> all the shots that the crossbar was there. Yeah, they well, the crossbar. Leeds were pretty poor during the first half. Like in the finishing wise, but that transition, that passing was like top notch. Well, well, to be honest, I've seen Leeds better than this as well. I think Leeds played the best game which they drew against City because the kind of chances yeah. they were creating in that game was enormous. Yes, exactly. It, it was quite an open game against City. It was, it was quite fun to watch actually. It was open and it is that game from where Kevin De Bruyne was actually dispossessed 10 times. I actually noticed yeah, yeah. 10 times. Yeah. On. I think Lady Luck was laughing behind the goal post for hours. Yes, she was sitting there and literally laughing. Nice coach, man. <laughs> He's tactical, yes, very nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, total football, bro. He's playing total football. And, and I think he's going to do that. Yeah, the, with the players he has, Leeds were quite good against Arsenal with the players he has and they already won the midfield battle against Arsenal. They're creating so many chances and they were just unlucky to finish against Arsenal. I mean, the finishing was really poor but uh, they had already won the midfield in the second half. And even uh, if just Arsenal... Give me a second, give me a second. Guys, just mute because there's a lot of noise happening. Yep. Go on, go on, go on. You were saying something. Yeah, as I said that Arsenal are okay as a team, they're fine, but uh, it's Arteta's tactics that are actually not working out. against Even against Viesla, he had already, like, he was already, uh, uh, like, trying to get away with a draw. There was no passion in the team to go forward, they were just defending it and trying to pass the ball around with position to ball. And it's like, it was actually Leeds were actually trying to do something to create those chances and try to score the goal. But they were really unlucky. But I felt... It was not only the tactics, man. It was the players. I'll tell you why. First, Nicolas Pepe. What the fuck was he doing on the pitch? What was he doing? He was doing nothing. He wasn't even tracking back. He was jogging yes, back. <laughs> he was jogging back. Hector Bellerin. Poor guy, Hector Bellerin. I feel for that guy. He was doing everything alone on the right flank. First. He has, been, magnific- he has been amazing yeah. this season. Oh, Hector Bellerin. Yeah, he has, but in this match, he couldn't. He wasn't getting any support at all. Yeah. Like my, my my second point is Danny Sebios and Jaka. I don't think these two players can play together because Jaka usually what he does is when they're actually off possession, he goes joins the defenders by default. He was just running behind, joining the defensive line so that they they don't concede anything. Third point is Danny Sebios was trying, but again, there was no support for him, man. If he had good players around him, Danny Sebios would have been a different player altogether. And my fourth point on this is Willock, man. I feel bad for the guy because he's playing as an attacking midfielder, I get it. 
But when you don't have support, when you don't have good support offensively in the middle, what do you expect from a player like him, man? And he was subbed out for the right reasons, I felt. But Villian shouldn't have been taken off. It was Nicholas Pepe who should have been substituted. Why would you take off Villian, who's providing you play at least some pace? Nicholas Pepe can't even dribble. That was his speciality in the French league. He was a great dribbler of the ball. Look at him now, man. He, we, we saw two chances from him. He took one chance from almost something like a corner, which hit the post. That's it. Nothing apart from only individual ability is what we saw from him. Once or twice, nothing else. It was a shambolic performance from them. Even Aubameyang, we thought centrally he will do something in the first half. Although second half, it was all a Saka show, man. I thought Saka was the one who stepped up. It was Reese Nelson. These players should have been trusted in rather than trusting players like um, Nicolas Pepe. So all these four points I've mentioned, I want your take on this. Starting with Manish or Chirag, anyone? Yeah, uh, like. Uh... I guess Nicolas Pepe was a huge waste of money, uh, 72 million and we have seen one and a half seasons and he's not even living up to that mark. I think Reese Nelson was uh, pretty good pretty good at loan at, uh, I think Hoffenheim, I think he was at loan at Hoffenheim. He, he played actually good and uh, Arsenal should have trusted in uh, uh, like uh, Nelson instead of uh, splashing the cash on uh, Nicolas Pepe who had been, like who was useless actually. He doesn't provide Arsenal with uh, anything different. Yeah, true. I agree with Manisha. Um, it is a really bad signing and he's not giving What were what? Chirag, thoda clear bolo. Deep down the firm, all the Arsenal fans will be missing Mesut Ozil in that match. Totally. Yeah, totally. yeah. In, actually, in every match, like Ozil was the like the best advanced playmaker in the Premier League. He always created those chances for Arsenal, but surely like someone of his caliber. One problem Arteta has actually played with Ozil. Problem is Ozil is a creator. He is not a person who can track back. That is the only problem. Yes. And nowadays we are playing football that needs you to go behind, man. It's how it yeah. is. Yeah, it's more of tracking and uh, tracking the ball back. It's more about pressing, pressing and tracking high. back. Yeah. Yes, yes. And that's everyone is doing that. People talk about Pep and Klopp only doing that, but no man, all other everyone. teams are trying, but no, they, no. they lack all quality. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Pep and Klopp actually revolutionized uh, the Premier League in such a way that uh, all teams like they are obliged to do that. They don't have any other option. They don't have an option. But do you see now, look how careful uh, Klopp has started uh, with the high line, especially after uh, Van Dijk got injured. Ajax, they defended as a unit. Ajax were totally bombarding us, but no, they actually defended like maybe Arsenal do, you know, just put all your players behind and try getting out out on the counter. It was a mixed match game, but but they have changed a lot of tactics too. They maintain a high line sometimes, they don't. Otherwise, entirely after, before that Aston Villa, they got very complacent with that high line effect. Yeah. Uh, Villa actually exploited that high line very well, actually. Oh, totally. Trent was falling all over, man. Like, he was yeah. flipping out throughout. <laughs> Shame. But anyways. But what do you guys think about, we've spoken so much about Arsenal. Let's talk about a bit about Leeds. How appreciative I want to be of the way the players are. They're so versatile. Especially Ali Oski. He was actually getting a lot of flack for not getting those crosses in. But my point is, when you have four players inside that box, 
and Ali Oski is putting something in. Those one of those four players needs to find the ball. It is not always the crosser needs to pinpoint. You cannot be Andy Robertson in every match. Like he played phenomenally against um, Leicester. But if we talk about Ali Oski, he's a growing player. He's a very young player, and he just got some good starting eleven action in two or three matches. And that lad deserves a lot more time. And. What do you guys think about the defensive line with Cooper, Dallas? You know all these players were so versatile. They play as wingers also sometimes. Like again, total football concept. Go in, go interchange in any position. You should play there. And also your comment on the Rene signing, Rafina, who actually showed good. I thought he was quality man. Initially he struggled, but he showed a lot of quality. So yeah, man. Um, so that's why don't you take a go at this and Vemu also. Yeah, I quite quite agree with you. The baseless uh, total football has been uh, very effective, but uh, it's the finishing that matters, and that's where it lack a bit. Bamford uh, could finish a lot of chances, finish some setters. But other than that, yeah, it was a very good performance from Leeds. Uh, defense, the midfield, the attack, they change positions very quickly. Uh, it's a very flexible approach to football that they have adopted, and it will be effective maybe in the long run. But they will need to make those. Finishing chances more clear, and uh, I think they are all sorted out. But it's just finishing. They will get results surely, and uh, they won't be delegated at all. Like they might even finish in the top like 10 to 15 position, or even higher up. But yeah, they need to be a bit consistent, and that's what it is. Like they should have won. Easy. They should have won this match easily, at least by a goal or two against Arsenal. This was the best chance for them to strike, and uh, it was a good game for Alioski as well. And the midfield, the midfield as a whole, it was a very good game for Leeds in second half. They already won the midfield battle, uh, but they will surely regret not winning this match. Right, Vemu, what do you think, man? Yeah, I, I just. You said my point. Uh, you didn't heard it. The lady of luck was standing behind the goalpost and laughing at Arsenal man. <laughs> the amount of times they hit the crossbar, I was like, "What the heck is happening here?" And right. it, it leads the the play the game at a hundred miles per hour speed, man. I really like <laughs> the way they play and the intensity they show. Yes. First, first match, I was blown up by the way they they were playing against Liverpool. I was. It was a really terrific performance from them. I think they deserved all the three points, but it's just not their day. It comes to finishing. I think instead of yes. Banford, Banford should have Banford is good, but they need one more more strikers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the, the guy from Real Madrid, Rodrigo, should play more often. So I'll tell you one thing. What I Rodrigo feel is not put... a number nine actually. It's kind no, of. No, no, no. So he can play in that position, bro. He can play as a shadow striker, but yeah. he is more of a attacking midfielder. And yeah. he can play beautifully. He's a versatile player. You can put him in RM. You put him in LM. You can put him in any position. He will score for you from there also. So even when he came on in the last 20 minutes, he had two lethal shots on with the woodwork, both of them, and it was so close. I thought they'll end up scoring, and he had two key passes also. So the thing is, the quality gets enhanced when in the final third, especially when Rodrigo is playing. And I have noticed that in each and every match. So yeah, you guys can take the cue. I guess Bielsa should find a way to play Rodrigo and Bamford together, if he can. Yeah, so they are playing together, but I think Bamford needs to still grow a lot, man. He is actually lacking in that department, yes. you know. Yeah, his finishing should improve a lot. Like he he misses quite a lot of chances. 
Yes, he has yeah. missed a lot, many big chances, and he has hit the word woodwork almost like for four to five times. And uh, they need to sign a striker who is uh, who likes to keep the ball, like hold the ball up, and tries to dribble a lot more. So they need a better striker at least, more to have I, I think, in a different position. Yeah. To that, I think Roberts is a good option, man. Like I have seen him, that guy play well for Leeds. You know, in the championship also. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Not in the championship, sorry. In the first, in the first two Premier League matches that he played in. But, but again, he's they're not they're not high quality as such. They're just made to be very physical and just keep on. You know, they the stamina is the key to this team. And yes, yes, indeed. Uh, if you've seen Leeds players, you know, in their interviews as well, they're like, so they they're asked about Bielsa. They say. He's very hardworking and demanding at the same time. So they have this love and hate for him, but it's all you know. It's all helping them out in terms of quality. And yes. we've seen that with Argentina. We've seen that with the uh, he's managed with teams in La Liga. He managed Sociedad. No, he managed Atletico Bilbao. Bilbao, managed, Bilbao. and yeah. Marseille as well in France. Marseille, but he left Marseille very quickly. I think. Yeah, like all yeah. the management. But whatever, like whatever. Bielsa is always respected by Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's an idol for Guardiola, Pochettino. Yes, he's a very good tactician, and with even uh, like better signings and all, it, if he moves a better team, he will surely perform. Like he has already incorporated the hard work rate inside the Leeds team, and they have put the most number of crosses so far in the Premier League. The team with the most crosses, team with the most like distance covered, and Ealing, these two fallbacks that are their wing backs, full backs, whatever. They're, they're like automatic defending as well as attacking, so it's very good how they switch. Right. So, guys, do you want to say anything else about Leeds or Arsenal apart from the second half? I've already discussed that you know Saka and actually Saka and that guy Reese Nelson should have started this game. And you know one of our loudmouth pundits who was actually here, Addy, he had actually recommended that okay, Oba Oba should still play on the left, but it should be either Saka if he's playing centrally, it should be Saka on the wing along with. Reese Nelson because Reese Nelson has a very good pace and he has good ball control as well, which I think Villian is struggling with because Villian was superb in the first two matches. I remember he played against Fulham. What a match that was for him! He scored a hat trick. Yeah, yeah. And I also think this job is little too big for Arteta. Man, Arsenal are in a real shambles. The midfield is. If you yes, look at the midfield, indeed. Arsenal have an below average midfield man. They have a midfield that could finish 15th to 20th. Yeah, yeah. And yes. uh, they have... Remo, but what do you think about... Man, he got Partey into the scene man and Partey is injured I think now. So Yeah, yeah. Partey is a big miss but actually Arsenal are a huge club man. There is the, they are the third biggest club in England. What else? I have seen them playing some beautiful football over the years. Arsene Wenger, even Emery also played beautiful football man sometimes but he did not get the defense right sorted out but I think Arsenal the omission of Ozil was from the owners he said it is a football thing but I clearly think it's the owners fault man to yeah. play not play over and the he wanted yeah. Hasim Awar from uh, that uh, Lyon Lyon he was the main target Lyon owner is a motherfucker bro he, he was not yeah truly yeah he but leave, I uh, think Depay to join Barca this season like yeah, yeah. yeah. Has- Hasim he Arteta's main target was Hasim Ovar, but they brought part. I think Hasim Ovar could have added that uh, additional, uh, what we call, attacking threat to... He would have been a great asset to have in the team, man. Because I saw you him know, play in the, the problem is, 
I think Mikel Arteta came in with many this thing. You know, I think he was carrying that little pride that I'm a you know Pep student. I I probably will play that kind of football. And Arsenal fans, I remember when the tournament actually started, when the league started, they were all hyping it up that you know now you will see real action. You know we are getting yeah, yeah, party. Yeah, yeah. I talk a lot about Arteta. Fuck man, you don't even know what our tactics will resort to, and he was playing all defensive against City. I don't know if you guys remember. They yeah. were not pressing. It was Nicolas Pepe, Willian, on one of the fullbacks. Imagine they could have pressed and got him out of the ball situation, but they did not do that. And and yeah, I was laughing. I was actually shouting. Uh, I'm sorry. I was actually shouting, standing in front of the TV. That what the fuck are they doing, man? Like if I, if I was there, I would be press, pressing. And that was the time I saw Jaka and Sebios actually. Stepping up, man. I don't think they're bad players at all. They're good midfielders, but they need more support. But again, um, Arsenal as a team, they have a problem with the players, especially Nicolas Pepe. I think they don't need a creative midfielder. To be honest, they don't. They need a winger, man. They need a fucking winger. Even Willian, okay, he's a good option. But when you compare Willian and Nicolas Pepe, I think Willian has more to offer. Even that he's a free player. Nicolas Pepe came in addition. I think 10 million, 15 million. In per five years, so they still haven't paid the entire amount, but still he's 72 million worth. So he's yeah, not that. Yeah, it is the biggest ca- scam of 2009. Adding Griezmann, man. Griezmann and Pepe are the biggest scams that happened in football for in 2009. Pepe, Griezmann. Liverpool want. <laughs> the problem is Liverpool wanted the number. Yeah, Griezmann is kind of uh, he plays the same position as Messi in the team. It's the yes. I think it's the prop. It's not like a. a It's Big more of a prob- positional problem. Yeah, it's a positional problem and not the quality of the player. Because Griezmann at Atletico and even at France, uh, he's like the best uh, kind of that uh, shadow striker. Like he's really good. But uh, even Messi plays the same position at Barca. So the they both is, like exactly. yeah, and, and they have even Coutinho who, who like they Coutinho has not been given chances anymore now. Yeah. What is happening with that? What is going on? Uh, actually, Kuman uh, uh, is kind of playing Coutinho down the left, uh, but I think uh, th- they should go with Dembele on the left and uh, try the new signing uh, Francisco Trincao. Because Coutinho, see, eh, the problem with Barca right now is uh, you have like three kind of attacking midfielders uh, sort of stuff. Like you have Griezmann, Messi, and Coutinho who all try to levitate towards the center of the pitch, and you don't have width basically. Only right. Dembele is the only option for Barca currently, who provides some width. Right, but but do you think nowadays in football, do you think a functional midfield is better than a creative one, or a creative midfield is better than one? Oh, uh, I, I think functional. I think functional is more. It depends upon the forwards you have, and even uh, like if you take example of Liverpool, uh, their midfield is not that creative, but you have Firmino who drops when. Drops in and creates, and you have the forward line which backs up the midfield very well. I think it's all about the system the manager wants to play. But yeah, this exactly. generation football really demands a functional sort of midfielder. At least two two players should always track back. Two of the midfielders should always track back the ball, whether in opposition half or in their own half. They should really track yes. back. 
Yeah. So uh, uh, we can also see in case of Spurs that how Mourinho has bolstered the defense as well as the midfield with Hobbe signing. Uh, he's a perfect like the central defensive midfielder who fits in right and makes those important interceptions, links up the defense and midfield as well as tries to get the advanced playmakers like Ndombele or even Moussa Sissoko, a box-to-box midfielder. So a functional midfield is much much more important because I I don't see Ndombele creating many chances. So not he's not that of a creative player like uh, Giovanni Lo Celso. But uh, the physicality, the functionality of this midfield is quite important, and that's what makes uh, Spurs win the games at hand. And just like just like against City, it was very important this uh, this aspect of midfield. So it's a functional oh, yeah. midfield. I agree with you, man. Because I think functional midfield offer you more box-to-box plays. What we want. Look at Henderson. Yes, yes. He started off as a box-to-box midfielder under Brendan Rodgers. Look at now. He's playing as a holder now. Even yeah, though yeah, he, yeah. Even though when Brent was injured, he was actually going box-to-box. But his main and, basic and, goal is to yeah. create a mid-block, and he does that. Henderson has improved a lot. Like he was slandered a lot by the fans and even by the media that he's not up to the mark. Maybe bench farmer and all, but he has improved a lot over the seasons. He has proven to be true captain. So, like, this this is a very good example of why functional midfield is much more important nowadays than creative. Creative one will always get the chances to score, but that's what uh, it always relies on the forwards as well to finish those chances. So, defensively better, uh, functional midfield is better. So, let's get on with the final match, man. Let's just end the discussion with the defending champions who faced. Who the fuck did the face? Leicester City. <laughs> so, what is your take on it? Um, let's start with Chirag Patel. Dude, so everyone was actually Chirag. Everyone was really hyping it up that you know Leicester has to win this. Liverpool are injured. Liverpool don't have. They they cannot offer real quality. I also thought that Leicester will easily defeat uh, Liverpool, but Klopp uh, showed his masterclass. He used his players very well. Look at Jota. Jota is playing um, better. By by the way, he was playing at uh, Wolves. Yes. So I think Mitchell signing uh, then th- I thought at first I thought Thiago will be the key man for Liverpool, but now I started thinking that Jota is the key man. Yeah, Thiago. Is, I feel bad for that guy because he's injury prone, man. And to be honest, he must have had around 11 injuries in the past three seasons, and. <laughs> that guy is just too unlucky, man. But he's world class. Trust me, he's world class, man. I've seen yeah. him playing in Bayern. One of the best uh, midfielders. Yeah, and and to be honest, I, I consider Marco Verratti has also had his career down now because of the injuries. But yeah. Marco Verratti at one point of time in 2014 was in par with Thiago. Uh, this guy, Thiago. And the problem with Verratti again, he is a good player, but he lacks pace. He's not that strong, but. He can take you out of pressing situations, man, which is what it's I like. Technically very good. Technically, he's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, coming back to the match, man. Um, Chirag, I'd want you to again talk about. Would you prefer Salah, um, Jota, Mane? Would you prefer because Bobby Firmino is back definitely, and we know he is the system. Bobby is the system. He's defined the play, the layout, and I think the best player on the pitch was Bobby himself. So. What is your take on Roberto Firmino or Jota? Who will be starting in the front three? It's hard to say, but I will go with Jota. Right. Because Jota has that skills and a little bit of pace than Bobby. Yeah, he's a bit PC and more ball control than uh, Firmino, so he won't be more likely to get disposed easily. 
Jota is much more clinical actually. So Jota is very good. So I think, yeah. So you know what? I totally think that I actually undermined Roberto Firmino after he stopped performing. He did stop performing, man. Let's not get there. But last match he played like a king, and yeah, even yeah, in the match, like he, <laughs> I saw Schmeichel getting. Uh, you know bombarded four five times in one play like he's kicking he's taking shoots it's hitting the bar he's doing it again it's hitting a defender it was so hilarious but but i think even leicester played well man they didn't play that bad but i think liverpool just have too good a quality man especially in the form of robertson they took 30 touches you know they took 30 touches before that jota goal and it was such a good goal like i'm a liverpool supporter and i know how big it meant how much it means for liverpool supporters seeing the kind of players who were injured you don't have van dijk you don't have thiago you don't have trent you don't have joe gomez you don't have your entire fucking defensive line it is so frustrating for a fan but yo what is your take on leicester let's talk a bit about leicester let's talk about jamie wardy james madison yes. harvey barnes yeah. what happened to me I actually predicted a Liverpool win or maybe a close Liverpool win or a draw actually, uh, but Leicester felt disappointed a lot because they didn't even score a single goal against this set of injuries. Like this was the best time to strike Liverpool. Even though Liverpool were extremely good, I expected a lot from Leicester and that did not happen. Even and they did look good on the counter, like on the break uh, when there was Fofana went forward or uh, he tried to put the. to pass to Harvey Barnes or to Jean Vardy but they just could not finish it was good defending from Liverpool you see when bobby scored the goal that uh, who's that turkish guy he uh, did not mark uh, bobby uh, properly right was yeah. the turkish guy did not mark uh, bobby properly Yeah, the, there were some defensive mistakes from Leicester as well. But even on the counter, like the forward line, the midfield, the linking up, I expected a lot more from Madison, a player of his quality, and uh, from Vardy finishing. Barnes actually missed. I I think it was very good save from Allison, but still Barnes should have finished it uh, a little better. So it was a disappointing performance from uh, Leicester's forward line. They should have kept those chances to finish. They scored a goal, but they could not. So Leicester uh, will dictate this, and they maybe even come back in the next game. Next game week, they do have the quality. But as I said, uh, Leicester also inconsistent. They did lose to West Ham 3-0. They could not score a single goal. Vardy is a bit erratic as well, but yeah, he's an accomplished striker, so I'll give him the benefit of doubt in the coming weeks. Hmm. I guess yeah, Leicester is missing. Uh, uh, what's what's the right lady's name? Not on the right back. Ricardo Pereira. Ricardo Pereira. Ricardo Pereira. He was actually like really good last season. One of their uh, yeah. Pereira is. Uh, but I think Castani is better, bro. I think Castani has a lot more to offer. That tricky yeah, goal that Leicester scored. Yeah. The bad what it happened was amazing. It was amazing. Castani is like really good, but uh, I think. Uh, people uh, uh, underestimate ricardo pereira they think ricardo pereira is only a attacking minded uh, uh, full back but he's really good at defending and even he uh, he's like he's vital he was vital for uh, brendan rogers uh, last season yeah, yeah. for ball progression basically uh, getting it out from the back and uh, dribbling and even assisting many times like he was the key man for uh, leicester last last season they are missing him like really badly this season 
మార్టిన్ టైలర్ వన్ సైడ్ పొజిషన్ ఈజ్ నాట్ ఎవ్రీథింగ్ ఇన్ ఫుట్బాల్ ప్యాషన్ ఈజ్ ఎవ్రీథింగ్ అండ్ ఇన్ క్లాప్ వి హ్యావ్ ఇట్ ఇన్ huge abundance man as a liverpool fan i was absolutely all. i was just thinking well, it might be the end of the road sometimes i thought that uh, maybe a draw is a good result but the way i saw the performance i was absolutely over the moon i the way board, man. Yeah. even i like yeah. curtis jones performance curtis yeah, jones man, quite everyone yes. the credit goes to jorgen klopp man the system he plays whatever the players he bring team like the barcelona game diva corigi and shakiri coming into the big boots of sala and fermino and the all club players somewhat perform over the expectations man sometimes jota yeah, yeah. wolf fan thought that we, we we were scammed by jota 41 million is very huge price for jota but uh, he really showed he he rolled, really showed his mark on the game and everything True. was going perfect but uh, the main guy is club man <laughs> as a liverpool fan i adore him love him whatever the thing but the credit hugely goes to klopp man the way he set up his team whatever the team may be be whatever the opponent's tactics may be brendan rodgers with the same game plan has completely defeated man city and arsenal but today his tactics clearly clearly nullified by Brendan Rodgers oh, seen as he also played well at his right back yeah. position he also played well yeah Milner is so, Milner is a god man I <laughs> think I think entirely <laughs> in totality if you actually talk about their game Liverpool actually created chances only because of their range of passes their the charisma that they showed inside the box and especially with Mane we haven't spoken about Mane how energetic he was he was the one who actually created many chances from the left and it is very tough to track down a player like mane and yeah and again if you actually talk about the system that klopp actually played i think this is this is the best match that liverpool have played in this edition of the premier league this is one of the best matches we've played till now yeah man surely and yeah i agree with this so both this both spurs and liverpool put out a very power a strong message and powerful statement about the title aspirations with these uh, wins 
and and to be honest don't mind us Leicester tried giving a very good offensive competition at least they reached till the final third with good build ups but if they would have played a 5-4-1 which they actually played against um, Le- uh, Leeds and uh, not Leeds City you know they actually were playing like sitting ducks which was actually a good strategy and especially against Liverpool too they could have easily counter attacked that because Liverpool would have gotten on a higher line on line which Aston Villa really exploited that well but i think it was exceptional from Matt Deep as well and Fabinho man Fabinho was in lethal inside the box he was like literally everywhere and it was and uh, the credit also goes to Naby Keita man he played one of his he gave one of his best performance in Liverpool side the back but he got injured man yeah, yeah. that is a problem that is he is always